There's none like our God. There is none like our God. We're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for the promises that you've made to us. You blessed us in spiritual places. And there's no rock like our rock. There's no God like our God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. I've got many titles I want to give this. But I'm going to give one that bothers you. I want to preach about cantankerous neighbors. Cantankerous neighbors. Clap hand to the Lord. Anna is rejoicing over the victory she had over her neighbor. Her neighbor had provoked her. Provoked her. In chapter 1 of that same book, in verse 24, 28, Anna rejoiced of the victory that she won over her neighbor. Her neighbor was one that belonged to Belial, or Baal, worshippers. And uh, Anna is a frequenter of the house of God. Even though we frequent God's house doesn't mean things don't happen to us. Being a Christian does not mean that bad days don't come. Good things happen to, to bad people. And bad things happen to good people. Because the Lord is good. Because the Lord is mercy. It's a paradox. But it does happen that way. And if you look sometime at Pentecostals, it looks like our God is dead. It looked like there is no God because we pray and it seems like we got worse. We're like Job. The more we pray, the more we lose us. And the more things disappear from us. And after a while, people ask, where is your God? What is your God doing? Can your God save you? Can your God bring you out of that ditch? Can you bring you out of that soup that you're in? We know church time is on our side. Amen. If you wait on God and not give up, He will show up. I've always said delay with God does not mean denial. But all throughout the six to six books of the Bible, it looked like God's people are underdog, even though in His eyes we're the head. It just so happened that the president don't know that, the mayor don't know that, but we're the head. We're the jewels of His eyes. The apple of his eyes. And so Anna finally got bragging rights. Now she got her baby that she wanted. And now her husband said, let's go to the house of God. So just a minute, I want to wean him first and take him to the house of God. I don't know what Penai was doing when she watched Anna even begin to give birth to that child. You see, even when you're sometime in the house of God, people can have bad thoughts about you. Right in the house of God. Here she's at the altar praying for God to deliver her from her neighbor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who is bothering and badgering her. And it seemed like it's not going to happen. And, and she just can't be happy in her house because her neighbor is bothering her. But the Bible said the priest made a gross mistake. and said, woman, go home. You're too drunk. He said, I'm not drunk. I'm just hurt. 
I'm bleeding on the inside. And I need deliverance from God. Amen. And no doubt Adam is just wondering where is God. But the man of God said a word that was very beautiful. Go home. Go home. Your prayer is being answered. Now, no lightning flash, no thunder roar, but you got to hang on to the Word of God. That old backslidden priest <laughs> said the right thing for the first time. <laughs> Amen. He said, Go home, everything's going to be all right. And so he grabbed on to that Word, and it was about God's reputation, not the priest's reputation. He says, I believe God is going to give me what I wanted. A year went by, and then she finally got her answer. She said, I'm going to go and pay my vow to God. I'm going to tell you today, we have to decide where our God is and how much you know your God. There are many gods in our world. There are at least seven billion gods in our world. Seven billion gods in our world. Because every one of you right now on these pews, as well as outside the, the voice of my uh, range, believe they know who God is. Everybody have a definition of God. But everybody cannot be right. Because, now the word pantheons mean houses of gods. A house of God. And they all can't stay in the same house and be the same God. One of them got to lead somewhere. We call it the Godhead. Amen. That's over all the other so-called claimed gods. But now Jesus Christ, either he's a madman, a bigot, or he's telling the truth. Because he come and said, I am the only way. No one they crucified him. No one they nailed him to the cross. I am the only way. When he said that, he dismissed all the gods. He dismissed everybody else and said, I'm the only door. I am the only shepherd. And, <laughs> and by me, if you're going to have life, you got to come. Now, you tell anybody that on your job that I'm the only one that's saved, listen, you're a bigot. you got names for us, cults. You're a crackpot. <laughs> you're intolerant. You're just arrogant. <laughs> no, they say, you're wrong. All roads lead to heaven, they tell me. Now, that kind of sound nice, but it's not true. Try your GPS and find out everywhere send you is not right. I tried one time. I bought a brand new GPS and tried to use it to go to St. Albert. No, I know the way to St. Albert. But I said, I'm going to try this thing. He said, no, 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 father, go this way. I said, no, honey, let's follow that lady on that GPS. Woo. First problem is right there, that lady on the GPS. You got one beside me telling me what to do, and one more on the machine telling me what to do. I'm in trouble. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. I feel like Adam, amen, back in the Garden of Eden right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, you know, it took me right in the farmer's field. I decided to put it aside and listen to what she said. It went the right way. And I got, got to where I'm going, okay. Took me a long way around and was still wrong. But, you know, are there many gods? Now, there's one thing I know about our God. He's never in a hurry to prove his existence. He's never in a hurry to flex his muscle. 
Because you see, he knows he's the champ. He knows he is the almighty. And he may be slow, but he's sure. And when he shows up, friend, only one boo will be left penance all over. That's going to be him. Amen. And now look at the nation of Israel. And Israel have a terminology to talk about God. It says, God is our rock. Now, I, can, I, I was looking at the Bible today. In Deuteronomy 32, 31, they said, There's no rock as our rock. Verse 4 says, There is no rock as our rock, for He is our rock. Deuteronomy 32, 18 said, uh, He's the rock that begot us. First Samuel 2, 2 said, uh, that there's no rock like our rock. And the scripture goes on to describe rocks and rocks and rocks and said, God is our rock. Now, the reason why the Bible is using that, because rock represents stability. Amen. Steadfast. It's, it, it will withstand weather, time, pressure, and everything else. The temperature don't change it. The weather don't change it. Situation don't change it. Now, the sandstone is a lot different. Amen. And the Bible, Jesus says, The wise man built his house on the rock. Now, he's not talking about the rock of Gibraltar. But Paul says, Christ is that rock. He is that rock that followed them. He is that rock out of which water came. He is that rock that, that Moses stood on. He's that rock that shadowed, amen, them in the dry and thirsty land. And Christ is that rock. Now, people are losing their lives over which God is which God. You may not know it right now, but the Middle East people are dying because they don't believe in the gods of another group. And they'll behead them. I'm not sure how thick your neck is, how long it will last on a, on a knife board, but people are losing their head because of deity. Which God is which? Which is the right God? And so there's a controversy in our world. Now, I don't believe the Canadian government know which God is which. If they did, they would not law my Bible. They wouldn't tell us not to pray in the name of Jesus. That's cool. They wouldn't tell us we can't sing in that name. They wouldn't tell us that we can't, amen, pray in, 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 in government places with that name because they don't know who God is. To them, different gods are okay to them, but not to us. To us, there is but one and his name, and he said, My glory I will not share with another person. Now the God I serve said, Is there a God beside me? I don't know any. There was no God formed before me or after me. He said, I am He, the Almighty. You can't have two Almighties. You can't have one, one God, amen, in five or six different persons. One of them got to be less than the other. He said, I am the first, and I am the last, and if there's any in between, I'm the mediator. There is no room for any other gods. And we know the Son of God has come to give us an understanding that we might know Him that is true, we are in Him that is true. This is the true God and eternal life. He said, children, keep yourself 
free from idols. Now, we're in Egypt. 430 years Israel's in Egypt. Cantankerous neighbor called Egyptians. Hello? God's people always have to put up with cantankerous neighbors. Sometimes it's in the church. Lot was cantankerous. You know what I said? Lot was cantankerous. He didn't care which gods he lived under. He would live under Abraham God as long as he's blessed. But when when push comes to shove, it wasn't a hard decision to go down to Sodom and live there. Amen. Even though there was no altar there. There was no God there. Amen. Just Canaanites worship. And he lived there that long. Amen. To have children and grandkids. But never desire to leave. I'll give you an example. When Abraham discovered that Lot was in trouble because of other cantankerous neighbors, the Bible said, and he was in captivity, twice he was delivered. And the third time by an angel. Now, when God, through Abraham, prayed for this man that he would be delivered from what's going to happen, the Bible says Abraham met Melchizedek. Read chapter 7 of the book of Hebrews. That's who that guy was. Melchizedek was God in an angelic body, which we call today modern term theophany. You know who he went home with? The king of Sodom. And not the king of Salem. King of peace. King of righteousness. When this church is over, we're going to go home with somebody. There's a king of this world, there's a God of this world, but there's a God of the world to come. And there's a God of a kingdom, we pray thy kingdom come. It has not yet come, but it will come. And Lot went home with the king of Sodom. Amen. And perished with them. Abraham left the gods of the Canaanites. He left the God of the earth, the Chaldees. His father was an idolatrous man. And God said, as long as you stay there, I can't bless you. If you want me to bless you, you have to leave the God of Terah and follow the true God. And I will bless you as the stars of heaven, <laughs> as the sand of the seashore. I'm going to tell you, honey, the blessing of the Lord is not just for a season. It's from everlasting to everlasting. The pleasure of God is not just for a season. It's from everlasting to everlasting. It doesn't matter which God you serve. It doesn't matter which altar you bow at. It doesn't matter whose name you're praying. It doesn't matter whose name you're baptizing. It doesn't matter whose name you take on because you're going to be like the God that you worship. Amen. I don't think the neighbors I have have the same God I have. Otherwise, they wouldn't bug me the way they do. Hello? They would pray with me like I do, but they don't. Hallelujah. Abraham went down to Egypt. You know what he said when he went to Egypt? When he went out to Philistia, also, he said, I don't believe anybody in this place believe in God. Now, I don't agree with Abraham. I hope you husband don't do this. He denied his wife to spare his neck. He scared when the knife came out to cut his head off for his bride. He denied her. 
He said, that's not my wife. Now, if I tell my wife that, she may not come back, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I don't want her to leave me. Hello. You know, I'm kind of hooked, hooked on her now. <laughs> She's like opiate. I'm drunken on her. I'm not sure if she's drunker than me yet, but I'm drunker on her. Undiluted. But Abraham denied his wife. And because he feared the people who didn't fear his God. And the Bible says, God said, Abraham, get out of this place. Go back to where I called you first. Go back to where you could build altars. I want to tell you, friend, don't you ever get so caught up that you can't pray anymore. Don't get so hooked up that you lose your commitment to God and you lose your, your walk with God. My friend, you can lose a lot of things, but don't lose God. Don't lose altar building. Don't lose praying and touching God because, friend, it is our life. Go back! So he went back. And so God, okay, but he draw with him a cantankerous neighbor called Hagar. Agar was a thorn in the flesh of Sarah. Now, I preached some time back that, you know, Sarah should be thankful for Agar because, because of Hagar, because Sarah was willing to, to be happy with just a surrogate son. But, but, but I said, no way. I want from your loins and her body. Amen. The devil always have a substitute for God's gift. And always come before God's gift comes. And I learned by that, but that before every blessing, there's a provocation. I said, before every blessing, there's a provocation. But don't let the devil provoke you so much that you lose your walk with God. Don't let Satan push you so hard that you walk out on God. You handle it, honey, because after provocation, your God's going to show up and declare who the real God is. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God did show up. Hello? And God did give Isaac to that girl. You're not going to show up also. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how rough it seems, how dark the night, how high the flood. You're God going to show up because you're God's everlasting God. He never sleep nor slumber. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Somebody should jump to their heels and say, Thank God, my God is alive. My God is not dead. My deliverance is coming. I know my God. I know in whom I believed. And I persuaded that He's able to keep that which I have committed unto Him. He's not going to let me down. I don't care how cantankerous that neighbor is. They're going to lose. If you hold up, you'll see it. Hallelujah. And my friend, I want to tell you, Isaac was born. Hallelujah. And Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh. Hello. Now, God did something very strange to Abraham. Very shockingly strange. And you never know what God's going to put you through. But the question is, can you survive it? Can you survive what God's putting you through? Can you survive the experience God allowed you to go through? But He won't take you through a darker road than you're able to see your way out. He won't put you in a pit you can't dig yourself out of. Come on, somebody. 
Some are going to know, know, know their God. Some are going to confess their God. I don't care how bad it can tank because the neighbors, my God is bigger than my neighbor. And God said, now nah, boy, take your, your only begotten son. You see, God don't count those other kids because they're not his. They're not legitimate. They're illegitimate. God don't count them. God said, that only kid, the one from the vow, the one from the marriage that I put you through, that's the kid I'm talking about. I'm going to bless that kid. But take him up there and offer him on the altar. Put him on the altar, God says. And Abraham said, okay, I better not tell Sarah this because she will not put up with this nonsense. Hello? And I want you to imagine Abraham walking up that hill to do something that only he then does. Sacrifice your own kid on a living altar. God does not call you to murder your kids. But he, he tempted Abraham with this thing. Take your son up there! And I'm going to show you and call that worship. What's God trying to do? He's trying to show Abraham that's what the heathen are doing. But I'm going to show you my answer for what they're doing. I'm going to teach him a lesson. How the heathen worship and how God worships. A lesson for Abram. But Abram don't know it. And they go up there all the time and they do it God's way, but today is going to be different. And I, I know Isaac is confused. Dad, you leave the service down here. They will not see what happened up there because <laughs> they're way down here. You see, don't get involved with people's life till you know what's going on. You don't have all the details. You go up there on this mountain, God says, leave the rest down there. It's not for them to know what I'm about to do. And so they're walking up there. I said, Dad, yes, son, where is the sacrifice? You've always had one, but this day, the Lord will provide. Can you imagine? You're in the ditch. He said, how will you get out? The Lord will make a way. There's a rope somewhere for me. Ah, come on now. God has a helicopter to get me out of here. I feel it right. Can you feel it right now? You're about to get out of your ditch, my honey, because I'm going to bring you up out of it and kill your enemy and destroy your adversary and give you victory. God's going to do that thing for you. Can you believe it? Can you receive it? The victory is on the way. Your God is not dead. He's alive. Oh, hallelujah. What, what's going on? Come on, son. Come on. <laughs> Boy, you carry the wood, I carry the knife. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they build the altar and said, that, that, that we're going to do. He said, well, lay down, boy. Church, did you know, while Abraham was walking up on this side of the desert, of the hill, with his son, on the other side, a ram was walking up the hill, parallel to them. Your solution is parallel to your problem. Somebody's about to have a miracle. Somebody's about to have a supernatural intervention here. A divine disruption is about to take place. Hallelujah! Who's God talking to right now? Parallel to your problem is the blessing on the other side. You just don't see it. 
was there until God opened your eyes to see the blessings on the way. This I know, for the Bible tells me so, and the preacher says so. I believe in God, settles it, that's it. Abraham took up that knife, like the heathen would do, and went to stab that boy. And God stopped him. God was wanting to find out if the heathen were more committed to their God than Abraham was to his. That's what God wanted to know. And when he see Abraham was willing to stab that boy, he said, now I know that your commitment to me is no less than the heathen is to their gods. <laughs> now, Abraham, it just so happened to be a ram over there. It didn't just so happen God put him there. Yes, Lord. Somewhere down the road is the answer. Parallel to this problem. It's unfolding. Hallelujah. Our eyes are just not open to it yet. And our ears are not hearing it. But oh, church, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. Long before I see it, I feel it. They tell me that a ram does not climb up mountains. This one does. Because God made it so. I'm going to make a way for you when there was no way. I'm going to open doors that were closed and no man can shut it. I'm going to shut out the enemy that oh, they can't come in. Because I'm going to be the door. <laughs> I'm going to give you the keys. If they don't have the keys, they can't come in, honey. I'm going to tell God I have a parallel answer for my provocation. Come on, somebody. And God wanted to know, was Abraham as committed as the Gentiles are to their false gods? Because the ultimate sacrifice you can give as a family is your own blood on an altar. And God said, don't do it, Abraham. I will be your sacrifice. The word Jehovah Jireh means I, Jehovah, will be the providing sacrifice. Not provide one, but I will be the one on that altar. I'm talking about when God gave His only begotten Son. That's the ultimate gift. And that don't mean some second person of Trinity. It means God Himself lay down on the altar. The judge become. Hallelujah. The very advocate. And the advocate become the sacrifice. The bill. Does anybody know why Jesus left a handkerchief? A handkerchief in the tomb? Does anybody know why? Let me tell you why he did it. My Lord, let me find me if I have one here. The Jewish custom is, when you are in a marriage situation, and you've got to go on a journey, you leave behind a handkerchief, mean paid for and will return to complete the transaction the Lord is still working on your case 
it is not yet complete. But he won't leave it incomplete. Hallelujah. I asked God one time, God, why do you allow people to be born crippled? Why do you allow people to be born blind? He said, because those who have eyes to see and are healthy does not appreciate what they have until they see the cripple and the blind. That didn't go the full journey like you did of completion of the workings of God. He said, this man was born blind and God may be glorified. It had a revelation in this man infirmity. Hallelujah. And so Abraham revealed to God that he's committed. Come on, somebody. That he's more committed than the heathen were. And then when he came down from the hill, you know what Abraham says? I knew it. Paul, by, by revelation, said that's what Abraham thought. God was able to raise him from the dead. Every heathen thought there's a reincarnation. Abraham never ever saw a resurrection in his life. It has never happened before. So for him to think that is not even realistic. Abraham doesn't even know him by the name Jehovah. Never mind to call him Jehovah, Iphanadia, Jireh. Abraham only known by the name Almighty. Church, you have a revelation. It's not by education that you got it. It's by divine illumination and dedication. Does God give you this reserved knowledge? Because you're not on the bottom of the hill. You're on top of the hill. Ah, come on now. Ah, come on now. You must see God transfigured. Amen. I see Moses and Elijah. But the voices hear him, not them, him. <laughs> For in him dwell all the fullness of the God in bodily. So the Bible said, Abraham, your kid's going to be down in the place for 400 years. And in fact, it was 430 years. I want to tell you folks, friends, don't worry about your neighbors. They are cantankerous. But Jacob had a cantankerous man called Laban who bothered him a lot. But then one time God stepped in there and said, don't you ever talk rough to him. Don't you ever talk rough to him. Come a time when God show up and tell your neighbor, step back or be dead. Her and you're a dead man. Laban, you touch Jacob, you're good as dead. Your God will fight for you. While you fight on your knees, he'll stand up for you like trees. It does matter the position of the intercessor. The boy standing on his feet, all he saw was adversity. The man on his knees saw prosperity. Oh, Jesus, help this church. Help this church, God, please. And he said, unless we're troubled, he said, God, open his eyes. <laughs> oh, and God, open your eyes this week. This week, everybody have your eyes open. 
This week you're about to hear good news from a far country. You're going to hear God say something to you. Ah, I've done it. And when you want it is finished, it won't repeat itself because God said, I am that I am. And my word shall not return void. And it won't come back empty. Can somebody jump their son? Hallelujah. Woo! I'm talking about dealing with cantankerous neighbors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, praise God. Did you know? Did you know? Joseph had 11 cantankerous brothers who bothered him. Because of his dream and his vision. Hallelujah. 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 And you know, it looked like he's going. First, he lost his shirt. That's about his, his, his reputation. Now, our reputation, what people give you, character is what you have. Go ahead, take my reputation, but don't touch my character. Can anybody hear me? They couldn't take Jesus' character. They stripped him of his garment and tried to get Joseph in a position where he would forget his dream. He almost did. And you're being sold and being sold this honestly injustice. Maybe you'll be facing with injustice right now. Maybe somebody rob you of your rights and your place where you belong. But don't worry, God's not dead. The secret was, as the, and the Lord was with Joseph. Not talking, but he's watching him. Looking back, and God tried him to see if Joseph would, would, would just deny him. But the heart of the battle, the sweeter the victory. The harder they come, the faster they fall. Can somebody hear me? Anybody got cantankerous neighbors? Sometimes it's a wife. Sometimes it's a husband. Sometimes it's your boss. Sometimes it's your job. But it's never your God. Lord, I can see now. Stones are coming at me. I'm dodging them right now. Lord, I'm in trouble. Look at this. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God! But you know what, church? You ever stop and think about it? It looked like Joseph lost. But the epitome of Joseph's life was not him becoming king over Egypt. It was not him interpreting the dream. The highest point in the Joseph life was, don't leave my bones in Egypt. Oh, you guys don't get where I'm going. In spite of all that I've been through, in spite of all that I've gone through, hallelujah, I'm still going to arise of this victorious. 
Joseph Cantankerous brethren came down to Egypt. There's no record of their bones leaving Egypt when the Messiah came. He said, Messiah cometh. Speaking of Moses. And when he come, there's going to be a mass exodus out of here. But don't leave my bones here. Take it to where Abraham's bones were and are. Church, I don't brag on this, but I want to tell you, if my neighbors don't change their gods and change their belief system, their bones will not rise when the trumpet sounds. Help us. This church is just not getting it at all. Some, some met church is missing somewhere here. Don't leave my bones here. Paul wrote about it and said, Their bones will not stay here. In a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, those bones are going to rise. And most of them were persecuted and killed by cantankerous neighbors. The eleven boys' bones stayed in Egypt. But Joseph's bone rose. Hallelujah. Folks, do you know Lot died a caveman? Abraham became a bosom of the redeemed. Which God are you going to go home with tonight? It doesn't matter how you end up in a cave or a mansion prepared for those that love their God. Come on, somebody. Don't sleep on me. It's not night yet. Come on, somebody. Now they're down out of Egypt and God told Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Does God still say that? Those people go. When God said, you've had enough of the trial, let it let her go. Let it go. Give up. Don't bother me anymore. That's enough. I will let them when they get married. That's enough there in here. Now get let it go. God said, Pharaoh, let them go. He said, Who is the Lord? I don't know him. You know who Pharaoh was? Pharaoh was a God. A sun God. Huh? That Egypt believed in and there were nine more gods beside him and God wanted to show Israel that those 430 years I was not dead I was alive but your time of deliverance has arrived honey right now my God is sitting on like this watching us go through all that but honey you wait till he gets up when he gets up he will not sit down till he's finished now, you don't understand what that mean. I'm trying to tell you, God, when God said it's finished, it is finished. There's no unsettled business left. It's all over, honey. I'm trying to tell you, Pharaoh, he drowned the last person, Pharaoh, in the Red Sea. The very thing that they worship. Amen. Could not drown Israel. 
when the Egyptians saw that, I got a revelation right now. Your neighbor who's watching you right now, when they see you're not consumed by the boils and the sores, when they see that you're not bankrupt, when they see all that, they're going to turn around. Ooh, the Lord hath done great things for them. We're all, they are glad. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody who knows I'm talking about shout hallelujah. Somebody leap for joy if you want joy. If you don't have a jump and leap and get it, because I'm trying to tell somebody that God wants to give you joy right now. Amen. When you walk to your Red Sea, I'll be there. When you go to the flood, I'll be there. When you go to the storm, I'll be a cloud of protection. Honey, tell the person beside you, I'm not in a valley. I'm just changing mountaintops. <laughs> I'm not in a valley. I'm just crossing mountaintop. I'm going from this mountain to that mountain. I'm not in the valley. I'm passing through. Well, Pastor Neil, my neighbor's giving me hell. Well, keep on walking. Don't stop. It comes to pass. Church, Gossie, you're going to Canaan's land. Amen. Can anybody name of the ten spies who did not believe God? If you know their name, I give you $100. Don't look at the Bible. I give you cash, $100. Whether in German or, or U.S. funds or, or Euro dollar, whatever you want, I'll give it to you right now. Just tell me their names. You can't. That's how your neighbor will be forgotten. The only name you can remember are the faithful two. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. There's a blessing in trusting in the Lord. Oh, that men will trust in the Lord and lean not to their own understanding. We're not trusting in horses or the arms of flesh, but in the world that was made flesh and built among us. Of his glory we beheld. Out of the Bible is alive. I call it the night. I said, the Bible is God's promissory note to all those who want to cash in on it. Can't stop us. Hallelujah. Sister Kimmy, see that revival by the shots against the Kim. Shot again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's in service like this you challenge your, your deodorant. God drowned their problem. And I was thinking, my God, my God, my God. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you. You can drown my problem and bring me through on dry land. You know why they did not get walking in mud? Because God knew why he got stuck in a rut. God didn't know why he got stuck in a rut so that walking trap. They were bugged down, hallelujah, like Pharaoh thought. You're not in a rut, honey. You're in a revival. It's not just a survival. It's a revival. Somebody said, hallelujah, you tell my contagious neighbor that my God will drown my problem and get me through on the other side. Woo! God promised me a promised land, not perdition. 
and we're going there. Hallelujah. Ask the person beside you, what's your excuse? Why don't you want to go? Hallelujah. I told my wife when I married her, if you marry me, girl, you go places. We're still going places. You missed a chance to marry me. Too bad. You're stuck where you are. You're stuck in Egypt. We're getting out. We're going to the promised land. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, church, God, you don't know this, took Israel to the wilderness of sin. Sin is a shortened form of China or Sinio. You guys don't know this. And God defeated the wilderness of sin. Israel passed through it. Long before China ended up where they are, they were in the Middle East. He said, I don't search your Bible. They came out of Canaan's land. They belonged to the Hamitic family. Hallelujah. They passed through Ur of the Chaldees, the Babylonians. That's Iraq. Church, what you're going through is not where you live. You're just passing through. Hallelujah. And church, then God crossed over Jordan because all the two guys survived. Some folks say, you bigots, you think you're the only one that are saved? I don't think so. Only eight got saved in Noah's day and two in Moses' day. And in my day, I don't know how many of you are going to make it. Lord of mercy. Don't look at me like that. I'm not from Disneyland. I'm from Bible land. Jesus, few are going to make it. Because only few are going to pass through. Everybody in Revelation, Amy 1 to 4, it says, He that overcometh. Overcome means you got to put it with your neighbors. Can take those neighbors to prevent you from making it in. Send Boss and Tobias try to stop the program. Hello? Arterixi, that's the right something says, well, ruin that stop order, let him go. Amen. Every well that Isaac dug, they stopped it. The devil likes to stop everything that's good. Everything God people are doing, they want to stop it. Amen. The stoppers. But we're the busters. We just bust it wide open. Come on, somebody. We got gold finger. Amen. Everything with us turned gold. Look at our turn gold. My golden beauty. The best gold is brown gold. Sorry, girls. That's the darkened texture of gold. This is a priest of word. <laughs> What does that mean, church? Everything you touch, God's going to bless it. And because of God blessing it, the devil wants to stop it. He wants to stop them leaving Egypt, stop them digging the well, huh? stop Sarah from consecrating Isaac. He wants to stop you from having a good life, like <laughs> walking with God. But, church, you are the unstoppable. You are the indestructible. Come on, somebody. You are the undeniable. Can you tell us amen? 
I got something the devil can't give and the devil can't take away. You gotta show hallelujah, church. Let the devil know you're happy serving God. Let the devil know that your God is alive. You will be delivered. I shall be free from the tyranny of the devil. Now, it came last folk, you know, God told, told this guy called Joshua. By the way, his name was Hoshea and Joshua. What's his real name, by the way? Jehoshua. His name actually means Jesus. He's the captain of the host. Hello. And God said, now, Joshua, you're going to take those people in. I'm going to work some miracles through you. You know why God said that? Because God made Moses a God to Pharaoh and made Aaron the prophet. In other words, he made a demagogue out of Moses. Because Pharaoh believed that men were God. And so Egypt saw Moses as God. And every time he spoke, it happened. Yeah? Moses threw on his rod, and they threw on their rods too. And Moses stood back, a little bit shocked that <laughs> they could do it also. But guess what happened? His rod eat up their rod. I'm trying to tell you, friend, those bungalow houses they have, you're going to move in there pretty soon. The house that you move is going to be a neighbor's house. The car you're going to drive is going to be a neighbor's car. The, uh, the RV they have is going to be yours, friend. It's time for RV, it's time for revival and victory. Over my adversary. Hallelujah. Move on in, brother. Move over, smile. Hallelujah. Drive that park in the garage. Amen. So look what my adversary stuff. And God, God made this man called Joshua uh, like a God to the, to the Canaanites. Look it up. And everybody is scared of Joshua. You know why? Because in that city of Canaan land, they believe their kings are what? Gods, divine ones. They worship the moon and the sun. Look it up, you find phrases up. Now, church, hear me now, folks. It's going to be the battle, not of men, but the battle of the gods. Hello? And, you know, after they crossed Jordan, when Jordan was overflowing with water, and everybody scared of Jordan, Israel crossed it. I want to tell you, folks, about the importance of a preacher. We may not be facially handsome, but our feet are beautiful. I said that beauty is not on our cheek, it's on our feet. So stop looking at our faces, look at our feet. Nice feet. Doesn't matter what size it is. Doesn't matter how it smells. It's still beautiful in the eyes of God. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God doesn't God say, watch, wash each other faces. No, he said, watch, wash each other feet. Take your socks off and show how bad your foot look. You know why they do that? Because the Chinese used to marry their bride by their feet. They 
God shows his bride by the feet, not by your face. Because your face can be a hypocrite, but your foot can't be. You can't take your feet, friend, to the, the, the beautician. It doesn't work. Am I in? Hello? Not right back. Hallelujah. I'm sure you didn't have to back today. You know what you're marrying? Accordion faith. Oh, it's playing sad notes. Bright notes. Hallelujah. But God said, you know what? When you go down there, I want you to do very silly. I want you to march one day around. Soldiers first, people next, and somebody else. And God put a divine order. Joshua don't know why God's doing this. I don't tell you why God did it. God was mocking the Canaanites. That's exactly how they choose their bride. The king of Canaan. Amen. When he realized his future was about to die, he got no hair to his throne. So the Gazi sheriff called El told him in a dream... You need to marry a girl. And the girl you marry must come from a conquest. And when you marry that girl, bring her back. I should give you a son. And that'd be a divine son. And your divine son will reign in your place. So they're trying to rob from God what he's about to do in the New Testament. In, in the Old Testament, there's no such thing as a divine son. Or a deity king. Israel don't know that. All Israel knows is God. With the Spirit. So they know God as. Nothing else. Well, these guys jump ahead. When Jesus Christ says, All that came before me are thieves and robbers. You mean those guys in B.C. who imitate what he's about to do in the New Testament. And those who come after me are those who are going to continue what I did and say they are it. You guys missed that. That's for scholars. Hello. Hello. And so, why did he march one time? Look pretty silly. Two times. How many times did you pray, by the way? Lord, the first time I prayed, he didn't answer me. The third time I didn't pray, God said, pray again. You won't pray. It's not death. You're going through a ritual. And it looks like he's not going to answer you. And, and God said, the last time, go in there seven times. Those poor folks must be worn out. Me, I would need a paramedic if I was in that lineup. I can't go like this two times. Ooh. Right now, I'm just going, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm talking right now. Hallelujah. But seven times, God, seven times. And notice, there were no women allowed because, you know, they like to talk. To, to make sure that I'm messing up. I said, I don't want no woman there. Why are we doing this, buddy? I said, don't take your one woman there at all. Leave her home. Keep those men because men don't talk. Ask any marriage. Men don't talk. All they watch is TV and the newspaper and coffee. That's all they talk to. <laughs> so God knows guarantee silence. They walk like this, silent. Boy, they're mad, but they're not talking about it. 
the last time they went around that thing, those people knew what that ritual meant. And they were wondering what would be the outcome. Hallelujah. Did you know that's a dance for a marriage? Guess who the marriage was for? Rahab. She was to marry the prince of Judah. Took that dance to get her out of there. And she would be lined up in the lineage of genealogy among the prince's divine son. Oh, oh my God. Must her make you mad forever. No, it's true. Do you know when the wall fall, the only wall standing was her? You know when the economy fall on the Wall Street, the only wall standing is mine? My Wall Street ain't going to fall. Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell somebody, your cash cow ain't going out because God's going to take care of your Wall Street. Come on, somebody. When the wall fell, only one to the left where Rahab was, and they said, of the Lord Jesus Prove the mercies of God, everybody, but only one person survived out of Canaan's land. One family. It took that ritual dance to get her out of there. And it was connected with a cord, an umbilic cord. You know what she said? She knew all that happened in Egypt, she knew the story of crossing Jordan. She knew about all the gods. Hey, I mean, she's a prostitute. She knew all about these men. That was a She knew all about what goes on there. And she knows everything. If you want to know everything in the city, find the prostitute. They know everything about it. Them and, and cab driver, they know everything about the city. The two city watchers, not CNN, is prostitutes and cab drivers. They know the most about the city. When we're going to fall when 9-11, you know who was out there? Cab drivers. Sorry, I forgot to talk to cab drivers. Not one other cab was available that day. Why? They knew what was going to happen. Don't look at me like that. They knew it was going to happen. Prostitute was going to sit. They know the city. And Rahab know the city. and know the gods. And she said, I know there's no God like your God. She was prepared to give up her gods just like Ruth. To give her a Moabite God for the God of Israel. God will go to any extreme in any city to get one person out. Clap your hands to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And the Bible said, when the wall fell, hey church, it didn't fall, amen, just this way. It went vertically down. Everybody know how God fell before David? When it fell? He didn't fell backward. No. He fell like this on his knees. Begging David, go keep him the Lord. David went, Take him over, put his head off. So David did. He barred his sword. Hallelujah. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See what your adversary don't have. Hallelujah. And capitalize on it. Because Joshua saw what they didn't have. Now, he said, why after Jacob fell, why would Ahi, Israel, fell so bold? I can take on the rest of the kings. God said to Joshua, make sure you kill all the kings. Because the kings are divine gods. 
And there are 31 of them there. Kill them all. Make sure you get the king. Get him! That's why God was mad with Agag being saved. Huh? Agag was linked with witchcraft! As a result, the man became a trophy for the devil! He cut his head off and put it in his house. Amen. But here's Joshua. These guys and eight can mess up the church. Amen. Take one sin in this church to mess this church up. One person to mess this church up. One person to mess this up. And they mess this thing up. You know what happened, folks? Guess what happened? They couldn't fight the battle. They couldn't fight the battle. That's why we're so hard on sin. I'm coming to a close. We're hard on sin because sin will, will, will have reversal on our blessings. You can't live in sin and continue a blessing. Listen to church. They almost lost the battle. When they got rid of the sin question, God said, now go fight Ahai. Hello? It looked like Ahai going to win. Now, remember now, Jericho is called the moon what? City. Baal is called the sun god. Joshua represent God, Jehoshua, our Jesus, our deliverer. He's fighting the battle. And the Bible said... When it looked like they're going to escape because the sun was going down and enter into the Sabbath day, which Israel soldier wouldn't fight, God did something to Joshua. Speak to the sun and the moon, which the Kenites know if the sun and the moon respond to him, then he's more powerful than the sun and the moon. Mm. Sun, stand still! Now, word, I command you don't move. Move, stand still, don't move. It shocked Ahai. It shocked Canaan because everything stopped. The earth stopped for them. All that, there was no spirit left in them. When the battle was over, 31 kings, it says, were destroyed. Or, make sure it said 31 kings, not nation, 31 kings. Mean God destroyed all their gods. And finally, God used Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to teach Babylon, which is Iraq, whose God is greatest. Don't pray to any other God but our God. And Daniel says, Not on your life. I'm going to prove which God is right. I'm going to pray to my God. Hey, church, look what? They threw him in a lion's den. Let me tell you why God did that now, folks. Lions mean king of the beast. In a lion's den, nobody survived. It's all fossils down there. Only fossils. We have footsteps going in, but never any coming out. Where am I going? Footprints going in, but none coming out. Next morning, the king asked, Oh, Daniel, was your God that you serve able to deliver you? And he shocked him. A voice came back, Oh, king, live forever. Let me tell you what happened in, in there. The neighbors could not disturb Daniel in the last den. He had on guard from a protective lion to keep the neighbors from coming in the fear of the prayer meeting so he could pray all night without being disturbed. 
church. You don't have to, t- have to break it down more than that. Can you want to get the message? I tell you, God knows how to t- protect your prayer. God knows how to protect your prayer that nobody can touch your prayer meeting. And church, here's where God's going to prove our greatness now. That's not where God's going to prove the greatness. When the one who prayed to their gods to put Daniel there, when they on their way down the line at an Olympic record of jump, they leaped to the top and broke the world record of Guinness Book and grabbed those guys, and by the time they the ground, there was nothing left. They ate them all up. What does that prove? The king had a decree. There is no God like Daniel's God. There come a time when the nation of this world got to confess that the God of this church is the true God and there is no other God like Him. We have an anchor that keeps the soul. I'm trying to tell you, church, never footprints walk out of there. Why? Here's what God was trying to teach them. Jesus Christ was one day going to be put in a pit of death. And the devil's roaring lion could not touch him. Everybody goes in, stay in. What goes in, stay in. But this is not so. What goes in, comes out. He, the only one in the footprints walk on the grave. They could not touch him. You know why? Because he is almighty. What? God! So now, what about your God? Cantankerous neighbors interfere with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There are people who don't like the way you worship, the way you dress, what you believe, the way you baptize, the way you believe in God. They don't like it. Well, sorry, honey. I have no apology to make. I choose to be a Christian. I choose to live this way. I choose to baptize that way. I choose to go that route. And so the cantankerous neighbors got involved and said, come on here. I'm going to tell on you. Oh, king, didn't you say they should bow to the music when they hear it? Mm, Yes, I did. Isn't your laws unbreakable? Yes, it is. Well, these Pentecostals down the road, in Bishop and Bull, you haven't you? Don't regard your kind of music. And they won't bow to it. Well, what are you going to do about the king? We're Medes and Persians. We don't change our laws for anybody. Put them in the fire furnace. Come here. Come here, sister. Oh, I heard. I know you guys are good workers. You're good people. But I know I've got a problem with your gods any way you worship. I don't like it. I hate it. Now, I'll give you one more chance. When you hear the music, I want you bow. I want you worship. Oh, king, I'm not being careful. You can have your job if you want to. I want to be unemployed, but I'm not going to worship your God. Well, who's this God going to deliver to my hands? Oh, who's God going to do this? You're about to find out. You'll be quiet, but not distant. He may be disregarded, but he can't be denied. I'm going to put you in the furnace ten, seven times hotter. I mean, real hot. Perfect hotness. It's so hot. God, God can work things up, you know. So you can, you can defeat your neighbor. You can defeat them, really. You can. It got so hot that the guy who's supposed to throw them in the fire, 
got consumed like wiener roast. <laughs> Before they even got in the fire. And now they got in there. And those boys did a somersault like in karate and land on their feet. Here's the miracle. The king came to the fire and didn't get burned. Why did those guys got burned? Because the king had to see for himself that our God is a true God. God wanted to see it. He got consumed. He said, look, just a minute. I see three guys in there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. That must be the Holy Trinity. That's what I said? No! He said, I see three men plus one. I throw in three! Come here, boys, quick! And all the people didn't get killed. I go on to see it. He says, Come on out! Came out. I want to prove to you, I don't believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fourth guy. Right now, you have angels around you that you can't see. Don't worry about it, honey. They encamp around you. Some of you drive so fast, they want to jump into the car and go rest in Highway 603. They're scared of RCMP plus the fact you may crash. Hello. When my wife drive, we got double angel in the garden. <laughs> she got heavy foot. <laughs> when I drive, make her sick. When, when she drives, make me want to cry. Oh, God, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm not ready yet, God. Hallelujah. But church, what's God trying to do? Let's stand. One more time, I'm going to take you to one more time where cantankerous neighbors always lose. They always lose. And your God always showed up. Oh! Ahab! Why don't you like the preacher? Because he always pick on me. He always pick on me. He never said nothing I like to hear. And I hate him. So he called, he called Elijah my enemy. Some folks hate me without a cause. Because <laughs> where I preach. I don't like him. I don't like you. I don't, I don't like you. You know why? The thing you're preaching, I, I can't stand it. All right. God said, I give another preacher. So God gave another preacher, right? God said, okay, another preacher right here. I give another preacher. I don't like him either. <laughs> he never say anything good about me. I'll tell you, friend, if you want a lying prophet, you'll get one. You want a lying spirit? God will give you one. You want someone to tell you what you want to hear? God will give it to you. And you go to hell over it. Huh? Hello? You want a doctor who don't know what he's doing? You can't go if you want to. But there are real doctors out there. And there are false doctors out there. They are out there. Praise God. I don't mind them taking me in at the airport. Because there are wicked guys out there. I saw one guy coming on my plane with about 16 knives. A whole thing full of knives. Long night, I can Could take my neck off or your neck off several times. He almost got through. Is that right? He almost got through. Because one day I jump out of a parachute. 
Hallelujah. And he argued to go through with it. They said, you can't go through with it. What on earth is he thinking? What's his plan? Why didn't he set it down? You kill all of us on that plane with those knives. You sure could. Well, God said, you know what? I'm trying to save Ahab. But he just won't listen. I'll tell you what I'll do. God sits upon his big old throne and said, All right, angels! Who will go down and lie or be a false prophet to those guys out there? Now, the good angels couldn't say, I will, because they did. God would throw them out. So one third of falling angels showed up and said, I will. And God said, you will? How? Well, I'm going to be a lying spirit in the mouth of their prophets. McMurray is full of them. Bunch of charlatans. And the only way they get by is people won't open their Bible. Praise God. If you're going to go on an operation and you said to your physician, do you have any track record of doing this exam before? And he got mad. Don't let him touch you. <laughs> you shouldn't be afraid to tell you his record. If you get mad, you got the wrong guy. You're going to be the first guinea pig he has. Well, the problem is, doctors bear their mistakes. Preachers send them to hell. That's the difference between mistakes. So the, the lying spirit said, I go do it. 850 false prophets. Shall I do what I want to do? Go up to Graham up Gilead and prosper. They lied. They told him what he wanted to hear. False gods. False prophets. In it for money. In it for popularity. For crowd. For what wrong reasons. And the one guy who really loved them and, and tell the truth and said, Look, don't do it. You're going to die if you do it. I saw your corpse and the people scattered. He slapped him. I mean, he slapped the preacher. God says, God said, go and prevail. Cantankerous neighbors put Micah in jail. But he was still right. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to go ready and come back. And when I come back, you're going to be in prison. He said, God said, you know what, Ahab? If you come back alive, then I know God did not talk to me. He believed, but he wanted to confess it. He disguised himself. Put on false clothing. You can't, you can't fool me. You can't fool your neighbor. You can't fool your wife and fool your husband. But you can't fool God. He knows where you live. He knows your numbers. And when he's ready, he'll send out a warrant for your arrest. And honey, when he does, it's final. You're not dealing with idols now. You're doing a true God. True messenger from the Lord. Telling you the truth. And so, he said, put him in jail. So put him in jail. And he went to war. The sad thing is Joseph Fat Lincoln with them. I don't know. 
with, with wrong doctrine. I don't know why the people do it, but thank God, amen, God spares life. <laughs> you, you, the devil says, fight nobody else but Ahab. <laughs> I mean, after he served the devil, they're going to kill him. Fight nobody but Ahab. Kill him! And they almost killed Jehoshaphat because he was dumb to dress up looking like Ahab. You see, we got to stand to live for God. I could die today. You could too. And you know, hell is long. Heaven is also beautiful. You have to be sure where you're going. Make sure your calling and election is secure. Don't mess with that stuff. Don't, don't play with that, friend. It's very serious. And God said, Jehoshaphat, what is wrong with you? Why are you on this battle fighting on the wrong team? You don't belong here. I can't go to the church of my choice. Maybe you can, but I can't. Because I know the truth. Set me free. Make a long story short, Ahab died. And now Elijah is still by himself. And the only reason why the people know who God is Baal could not send down fire. The sun god could not do it. Brother could not do it. Could not. You know why? Because the truth of God is there. He could not do it. Why? Because Baal is a figment of the imagination. But God is real. Would you bow your heads right now? Can the God that you're serving can He save you? Will the God that you're serving, will He really bring you out on that last day? Will He save your soul? I'm praying that He will. I'm praying that you serve the true God in spite of cantankerous world. Amen. Butchering Christians around the world and mutilating us for changing God so we can't do that, friend. Like Paul, you lose your head over Jesus Christ. It's all right. But you know what happened? Elijah was caught up into heavens. But the others perished at Mount Carmel. Their God was false. I know who God's talking to this morning. Maybe all of us. Maybe none of us. Maybe some of us. Except you believe there's one God. And that one God is Jesus Christ. And there is no other God beside Him. Then honey, you're in danger of being a Canaanite. Except you believe there's only one way to God. Not two ways, but one way. And that's the apostolic way. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God is above all, through us all, in us all. Except you believe that. Then you believe in a lie. And you're in the danger of being lost. If you believe there are many ways... To believe on Jesus Christ, then maybe you're believing a, a myth. But the Bible says there's a one way to believe on God. On the day of Pentecost, it was told us, Repent of your sins. Everyone, not some, every one of you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And he shall receive give the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Speak of the tongue and speak of utterance. For the promises unto you and to your children and children. And to all that are far off, I did not lie to you this morning. I present to you, Jesus Christ is that rock. 
on which to build your house. If you build your house on sand, you may build a fast house, it may be a crowded house, maybe a popular house, but when the storm comes and the flood comes and the waves come, that's when you realize how you missed or how much you invested in the house you built. I'm asking you this morning, Will you allow cantankerous neighbors to rob you of the true God? My God is a rod. There's no other God like Jesus. Is there somebody here this morning? I'm not here to pressure you. I'm glad you listened to me. I'm not giving you a bad philosophy. I'm honest with you in my heart. One door, one faith, one baptism. One God is above all, through us all, in us all. There is no other way that I know of to be saved except the apostolic way. And the one God is Jesus Christ. One sat up on the throne. Six, seven billion gods, but only one true God, Jesus Christ. Zechariah 14, 6-9 says, In that day his name shall be one, and there shall be one God. Lord, I pray for this congregation this morning. Every home represented here is precious in your sight. From the pulpit to the back door, every one of us need to know who Jesus is. We need to know him as our God, Lord, and Savior, who alone is immortal, dwelling in light that no man approach on to. But God so loved this world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, which is God manifest in the flesh, that he might become visible to talk to us, to show us the way. You didn't send somebody else. You came yourself in the flesh of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that we might be redeemed from the curse of Cain and the curse of the law. I pray, God, that this word of God will touch every one of us today. <clears throat> For the people that know their God will be strong. There's wars and strife and pestilence and much hatred and whoremongering in our world, but we're in trouble, God. For we know who holds tomorrow and that you hold our hands. Lord, we're giving you the praise. We're giving you the praise right now. In Jesus' name. Brother Daniel, would you pray?